Welcome to the Women on Wednesday podcast by Ellie Jane. I'm Ellie Rowe, entrepreneur and founder of Ellie Jane Collective, and today we're talking with CJ Cornell, makeup artist extraordinaire, transgender woman, and overall just an incredible human being. And I'm not just saying that because she also happens to be family. But when I started this podcast, I knew I wanted to interview CJ because of her story. Growing up together, even as a biological boy, she always considered herself one of the girls. And I can totally vouch for that because I definitely considered her one of the girls. So when she came out as gay, I can't say I was surprised. And since then, her journey from gay man to transgender woman has honestly been nothing short of inspiring. And I am just so, so proud to know her. In this episode, CJ and I talk about many things, including her coming out story, what it's like dating as a transgender woman, accepting yourself, owning your identity, and even the intricacies that most people don't think about when it comes to physically making a gender transition. As women, I think so many times our identities are just inherently placed on us based on our gender, but there's so much power in learning to embrace what makes you unique as an individual and owning that unequivocally. And I think that's what I love so much about CJ and this conversation. Through it all, she has always been 100% true to herself She's the true definition of authenticity. Disclaimer, this conversation may include trigger warnings for some, so please listen with discretion. Okay, without further ado, here we go. Uh, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How is um, Charleston? Uh, it's amazing. Really? Um, yeah, it's like starting to get kind of cold, but cold is still like 70, 60 degrees. <laughs> that's awesome yeah it's fun are you close to it's close to water right yeah we're like uh probably at the most like 15 minutes from the beach okay yeah it's perfect so i, I guess mean, there's like water everywhere but like beach wise it's 15 minutes <laughs> okay perfect yeah i was gonna say i feel like you guys could probably go to the beach any time of year and be fine exactly so like now we can still go but we have to wear like pants or something <laughs> <laughs> versus not wearing pants exactly like we have to wear like actual jeans or something are you um coming home for christmas yeah i'm coming home for thanksgiving and christmas okay um well thank you so much for joining me today thank you for asking me yes uh i'm super excited because i think some of the topics that we're going to cover you and i have never really talked about I know well so I was talking to my boyfriend and I was like I'll tell you in a minute but like whatever you ask the question but I was like this is such a coincidence because of the way she worded it and the way that I used to word something it's like spot on really yeah um yeah I was thinking about it and obviously you know I wanted this episode to be centered around kind of owning your identity and so obviously the first person that came to mind was you. And, <laughs> and for those who don't know, um, CJ is a makeup artist, a really amazing one, um, but also a transgender woman and my cousin. <laughs> We've known each other our whole lives. I can't even remember a time that um, we weren't kind of like, I don't know, just connected. We've yeah. kind of had that connection since we were kids. So it's cool that it stayed that way this long. Yeah, I, I think you're probably the only cousin that I still like keep in touch with regularly. Yeah, I know, because we still, I mean, even when you were in, oh my gosh, I always forget, Winchester. But even when you were in Winchester, you know, like we would 
especially as we got older, talk more regularly and things like that. And it's just always been really great to have that. Yeah, I agree. Um, cool. Well, we can, we can dive right in. So um, CJ actually recently made the move from Winchester to Charleston, which is what we were talking about in the beginning of this episode, uh, and is living her best life, obviously. Uh, yes. Do you miss the seasons, though? Uh, I mean, like, I still, so far, we still technically have the seasons. Um, it's just less intense. So, like, even in the summer, because we moved in August. Okay. And for the first month, we had no AC. Um, what? Yeah, our AC was broken when we moved in. And so, like, the move-in period was, like, terrible. But even when it was still, like, mid-August, it was still, like, pretty nice weather. Even if it was, like, hot, it wasn't, like, muggy or gross or anything. Yeah. So it was still the seasons. It's just not as intense as other places. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, to some degree is nice. Being here yeah. is kind of weird because I feel like it kind of skipped and skipped right over fall this year. And then they're saying, and Tyler was telling me the other day that um, the farmer's almanac is not always correct. He was like, sometimes they're wrong. I'm like, That's true. <laughs> sometimes well, they are. Yeah. Well, because they're I'm... calling for a really super mild winter here. Oh. And I'm so coming home. So I fly back on Tuesday, and Nate was like, bring some sweaters, because it's freezing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never have any problem with wearing sweaters. I'm always wearing sweaters. In the summer, in the office, people are like, are you wearing wool? And I'm like, I am wearing wool. Leave me Yeah, alone. I had to pack all my sweaters under my bed, and like a thing, because I was like, I don't need them at all. Yeah, and pants. You're going to have to wear pants. Yeah. <laughs> Which I never do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so anyway, CJ is in living in Charleston. We grew up not that far from each other. Actually, the way that we kind of, I feel like have always stayed connected is we do this giant family reunion every year. So during the 4th of July, we just, it's like all the rows, all the butchers, all the Cornells, all the whoever just yeah. in one location. And the past couple, I guess the Poconos, we kind of outgrew and then it got really expensive, so we were like, F that, we're going to go. <laughs> we're going to go to a hotel. <laughs> to a hotel and hang out. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of where the family reunion has progressed to. But it's just always a lot of fun. There's a lot of different generations, and everybody gets along really well. And Yeah, and I feel like the hotel kind of made it more connected because at the, the condo resort place, we were all, like, spaced out so far. That I feel like we only saw each other for the picnic, but now that it's the hotel, it's like we're right next to each other. In the hotel. I know. There's no escaping. Exactly. It's good and bad for all of our all of our crazy relatives. Yeah, especially now that the younger ones are getting a little older, I'm like, you're gonna have to run away and go do some things. You can't do it right <laughs> next to your family. I know. <laughs> Same hotel doing sketchy things. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I think even though we've known each other since we were like two seconds old, um, I don't think I've ever asked you about your coming out story. And so that was one of the things that I wanted to ask you about today is like, what was that even like? Did you have an official coming out? Um, <laughs> it's a very funny question. So I was, I was, I'm very excited that you're asking this. Because, okay. <laughs> so I think it was like a couple days after my 22nd birthday um I was house sitting for a friend and it was just like you know it was on my mind I was thinking about it a lot and I had like already told myself that yes I am transgender 
but I hadn't told my family yet. So I was sitting at my friend's house, house sitting, and I was like, you know what? I have to tell my parents. So I just sent a group chat and it was probably like, <laughs> it was probably the longest paragraph I've ever written in my whole life. And really? it was, yeah, it was just so long of just like coming out to my parents. And then the only thing that they said back was, why are you texting us this? <laughs> I was like, I said, I'm too scared to tell you in person. So Which then, is so weird because you have like the sweetest parents on the face of I, I know. And like, I already came out before as being gay. Right. And Alice has kind of come out as like being just queer. And so yeah. it was like, I know they're not going to be mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> so then when I got home, they kind of just like, you know, asked me a couple of questions, like, what's your plan? Like, are you sure? Whatever, whatever. And then that was the end of it. We never talked about it again. Wow. Yeah. So it was very easy, but I think just sending a group chat is just the funniest thing to me. I know. It is, because it's one of those things that feels just, like, super impersonal. Yeah, and that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be the most casual thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, too, it's kind of one of those things where, um, I don't know, if you already kind of know that your parents are going to be accepting, you just don't want to make it a big deal. Like, you don't want to make it, I don't know, I feel like if you have, like, sat down and were like, I have something to tell you, they would have yeah. that, like, something was actually really wrong, you know? It'd be so serious. And, like, leading up to it because I had already kind of started dressing more feminine and like doing some makeup here and there and stuff like that leading up to it my mom asked me so many times do you want to be a girl and I kept always saying no and then eventually she stopped asking and I just like for like a month or so I was just waiting for her to ask again because then I would just be like yeah but (laughs) she never asked again and I was like oh I have to come out by myself now You're like, I'm not just going to surprise her one day and she's going to be like, wait a second, what? Yeah, like I ruined it for myself to make myself have to come out instead of just being like, (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, one of the things I was going to ask you too, like growing up, I feel like you were always kind of one of the girls. We always were part of the part of a gang together, like hanging out and just romping around during the family reunion. And so did you always kind of feel like you were female or was that something that kind of came later in life or so it came later and this is the one I was talking about that's very funny coincidence because I told like I sent Nate like the questions so he could see them and like whatever we could talk about them and And Nate is CJ's boyfriend by the way yeah and he said something about the one of the girls comment he thought it was funny and I was like the funniest part is that when I told my parents or like friends that I was coming out I was like I've always felt like one of the girls so now I wanted to actually be one of the girls (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think I ever, like, not when I was growing up, I didn't know. It was, like, as I got older, I started realizing all these things. Like, all the female characters in movies, I always, like, idolized. But I didn't realize it was because I wanted to, like, be them. Like, (laughs) and then the whole, like, one of the girls thing. I was, like, I always just wanted to just be one of the girls instead of just having to, like, feel like one or just be included. Um, So it came later. But I'm I'm glad I always, I'm glad I figured it out because it's forever. (laughs) Well, did you feel like a weight was lifted? Oh, 100%. Because I felt like growing up, I was always trying to be something else, whether it be like a stereotypical like type of boy or like trying to fit in with a group of friends. I always felt like I was trying to be something and I never felt like quite myself. So then after I came out, I was like, wow, it all kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it kind of came full circle. Yeah, and now I just feel like the most comfortable I've ever felt. Yeah. Well, I think, too, it's interesting because, like, to me, obviously, it didn't matter to me what gender you identified as. We were still such good friends. Yeah. 
Um, but I think it makes the biggest difference to the person who's experiencing it. You know what I mean? That they feel they can't necessarily, not that they feel they can't be their true self, but I think kind of, it is like that. Yeah. And it, like, I, like I said, I was always just kind of uncomfortable, like trying to be someone else. And I just really felt like I was just uncomfortable. And I was like, like, I don't want to say claustrophobic, but I felt like I was like stuck. And so then after I came out and started like, you know, experimenting with like different things of like way to look and outfits and stuff like that, I was like, this all just kind of fits perfectly together now. And like, I just, it just feels right. Do you feel like that's the hardest thing about being transgender was telling people or what do you feel like? Is um, well, I think the hardest thing was like, I didn't really have anyone to like guide me, I guess. Like mm-hmm. I had like, I have friends that are transgender and they have come out like a long time ago, but it was different because I felt like I had to like kind of figure things out. Like I didn't know what kind of razors to buy to shave my legs. I didn't know like the best clothes to wear. I didn't know where to buy the bras. Like I didn't know any of this. So it was yeah. all just kind of like, and I guess I didn't feel comfortable enough asking like my mom or something. So it was always just kind of like, let's figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that like was that. the hardest part for me. Do you still feel like that's the hardest part? Oh, not at all. I feel like no. I know everything now and I feel like because I, I also at the beginning too I felt like I just had like clothes that could be feminine instead of like actual girl clothes and so now it's like I mean my whole closet is girl clothes obviously but yeah. like <laughs> so it was it was just really kind of figuring out I don't want to say how to be a woman because there's a million ways to be a woman but like figuring out what worked best for me and having to go through years and years of like a trial run well right I guess and what it means to you is different than what it means for any other woman just like you know it is exactly it's all about finding your style and finding like how you feel comfortable and for me it was like trying to figure out how I feel comfortable while also medically transitioning and dealing with the outside world and everything like that well that's what I was gonna ask you too do you feel like you know being honest about how you feel and who you are like made it hard for other people to interact with you? I don't think so. I think I've had a pretty easy time because I think I am a pretty like nice, bubbly, very people person. So anyone that knew me before, I think really cared about me to the point where they like didn't care either way that I was still CJ to them no matter what. So Mm -hmm. everyone that in my life has always been very supportive and like very just like comfortable with it yeah I think that that's probably unusual yeah I was very worried about our family though yeah because I you know we there's some religion in our family and stuff like that so I was always like I don't know how they're gonna take it but it, <laughs> it's wild how supportive everyone has been yeah and so no. I love that I agree I remember us talking about this at the reunion because you were trying to decide how much makeup you should wear yeah. <laughs> and see this is what I mean about being comfortable because back then I used to wear a lot of makeup and like yeah I still do sometimes but like I also wasn't as skilled back then so it was like <laughs> it was a little rough back then I don't know what you're talking about I do my makeup the one time and I was like I will never again look like this like can we please document this because never again <laughs> I just remember having the short like pixie cut that was dyed like purple and pink I think and then oh 
just like so much makeup on and I was now I'm like I would never especially in a family reunion like why was I thinking I should wear that much makeup (laughs) (laughs) I know all this kind of rolled up and we were just like I know do you remember when you almost hit that car (laughs) (laughs) no but it doesn't oh my god yes I do yes I do you tried to like go around that one car we can't talk about this on that podcast we almost died I know. <laughs> so funny. I think that was back when I had the old Honda Civic that was, oh my gosh, that car was such a lemon. I remember that. It was the funniest thing to me. It finally died in the middle of Baltimore City. Tyler and I were, <laughs> we were driving it. Well, first of all, it was a stick shift, which, you know, I bought it before I even knew how to drive a stick shift. Yeah. So, you know, figuring out hills. <laughs> it's trial and error. Um, you know, but I figured it out. But then, yeah, that thing, I had to add ga- um, oil to it. So it would run out of oil, like on the highway. So I'd have to pull over, open oh the pour oil in, and then like keep going. I remember one time when I first found out that it burned through oil like that, it was at a gas station. The guy was like, you do realize, he's like, when was the last time you had your oil changed? And I was like, oh, well, like I just got this car. And he was like, oh no, honey, this is bad. Like, like you have to get oil in there right away. I was yeah. like, <laughs> that is so funny. One of the skills I want to learn is I want to learn about cars just so I can know how to yeah. fix it and not pay someone else. I totally agree because it's so expensive. Yeah, I'll never do it, but I want to. Same. I wanted, I've always wanted to restore an old car. <laughs> yeah, it looks fun. It looks really fun. <laughs> I feel like it would teach us a lot. Yeah, and I feel like I would probably still never do it. And also, it just, <laughs> like, break after like, you turn the key and it, like, blows up. That's what yeah. I like And that was, that was it. That was yeah, the, exactly. <laughs> at least we learned how to restore it though. Exactly. We did something. We got that far. Um, what do you, what do you wish that people knew about you or about transgender women in general? <clears throat> um, I mean, I think like the, the basic thing to say is that like, we're just women like (laughs) I'm just like every other woman trying to figure everything out and it's like there's not really tons that makes me different except the way I was born so like it's just as hard for us no matter what like I still have a period I still deal with PMS I still deal with all that Mm -hmm. um thankfully I don't have cramps or bleeding but like (laughs) (laughs) everything else is still there so it's like I think that's the biggest thing is like we're still dealing with womanhood just like anyone else we mm-hmm. still deal with misogyny just like anyone else. Mm-hmm. You just add transphobia right on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's like the little thing. cherry on top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's the main thing. I think, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, think that, I think that has to be the main, the only thing, really. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm pretty open about everything else and, like, very open to talking about everything. Do you think that... The one thing I feel like I've been thinking about a lot too is obviously this past year was an election year. Still is, I guess, kind of. Still is, I guess. Still going on. Still happening. Yeah. Do you feel like um, this is an especially hard year? Have the the past four years been especially hard or? Uh, Yes, I think that I mean, obviously right now, at any point in my life, I am not a Trump supporter. Um, I think that he made his followers, fans, supporters, whatever you want to call them, very okay with being outwardly 
racist, misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, everything. They're very open about whatever they want to say. And so I think that had put effect on the year a lot over the past couple of years because it's like scary to interact with people. But I think another thing is, I mean, he's already taken a lot of rights away from the LGBT community. And so it's like, my biggest fear for this election was like, if he's already done this much in these four years, how much is he going to do in the next four years? Yeah. And so it was very scary. I mean, like, election night, I was up until like, midnight, probably just like, panic attacking the whole time and yeah. then it was like the next I had nightmares about him winning like <laughs> it was it was bad and so like every time I would wake up because I always wake up throughout the night so every time I would wake up I would just pull my phone up right away just to check the news if anything happened so it was definitely very hard so like now of course I'm I feel like I can breathe again and it's still you know a short breath because we don't know what's happening yet because of whatever he likes to tweet about but it's still like I can I feel like it's some fresh air is getting in there. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, you have, like you said, some transgender friends too. I've some of them as well. Have you guys talked about that? Like, did you guys talk about the election more or politics more? We, not really, mostly we kind of avoided it. And yeah. like, I, I'll be the first to say, I'm not very educated when it comes to politics mm -hmm. and like the government and stuff like that. So I always feel like I can't really speak on things unless I know the whole story or, if I'm just sharing my opinion, like, this sounds bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're not big on talking about politics. What we are big on is talking about, like, the, his, his people that have been transphobic to us. Yeah. And we're able to, like, share that with each other and stuff. But when they announced that Biden won, we, of course, all text each other being like, we're crying right now. <laughs> like, this is yeah. very exciting and everything. And so, like, yeah, I'm not very political with anyone. Nate and I talk about politics because he's a little bit smarter there than I am. So we talk about it, but with everyone else, it's kind of like, we just ignore it because it's easier to ignore him than to talk about him. Mm -hmm. What do you and Nate talk about? Uh, mostly I ask him questions like, what does this mean? Or like, yeah. <laughs> is this bad? Um, and then I'll be like, so why is it bad? And he's, <laughs> he's very smart. And so he always just educates me on like everything going on. And then like, um, I don't know if I should say this because it's his life, but Nate is also transgender. So, okay. um, so we both kind of deal with the same, like when it comes to fears, we kind of have the same thing going on because he deals with it too. And we both have things to worry about. Mm -hmm. He gets a little more angry though. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, when it comes to talk about politics, he gets like feisty and angry. Whereas I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> That's me. I'm Nate. <laughs> yeah, you guys would get along so well. I've already told him that we need to drive up there so he can meet you guys. Yes. No, absolutely. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was a hard year for a lot of people from a lot of different standpoints. I mean, obviously, if you just take politics out of the equation, I mean, in terms of having a um, freaking pandemic and then having civil unrest and then you know, just kind of dealing with the day-to-day -day of what that looks like and people losing their jobs. And um, there was a lot, like, you know, I think about all of the ways that I was so lucky through all of this. And really, it's kind of like, I've talked in past episodes about 
us all kind of getting off of the bus together. It's kind of what it felt like. But yeah. at the time, I think everybody had a different destination and like everybody's experience with it has been totally different. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. But I also think that when you look at some of the rights of, you know, specifically the LGBTQ community, women, people of color, there's always going to be those issues that, you know, people are fighting for and are going to be at the forefront of the political decisions that they make too. Yeah. And you can't take away like your identity as a, as a woman, as a queer person, as a transgender person, like that is part of your identity versus, you know, some, some like your job title, for example, part of your identity, but it's, but it's not something that's permanent. Yeah. And it's not something that I can like, that's like not there. Like, even if I don't talk about it daily, it's still there. And mm-hmm. so like, when all these things are coming up with, especially civil unrest, especially Black Lives Matter and everything like that, because Black trans women are the ones being murdered all the time. So it's yeah. like, yes, I'm not Black, but I'm still a trans woman. So I can, I can sympathize and be upset and be scared because <clears throat> I'm part of the trans community, but I'm not part of the Black community. So I can't, I don't know what I'm trying to get to, but like, I can't, I can't understand that pain, but right. I can understand this and I can be mad about all of it because it's all messed up. Yeah. And so this year, yeah, even politics aside, even though I do kind of feel like uh, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that is pretty political because a lot of it is about how the government is treating people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even without politics, it's still been a, a very scary year. Yeah. No matter what. <laughs> yeah. From a lot of different angles. Yeah, yeah, and it's, like, everything. It's just all coming at once, too. So, like you said, getting off the bus at once. It's, like, yeah. everything's just right there. Yeah, and I think we're kind of heading into, you know, here in D.C., there's been more regulations that are coming about. How is it in Charleston? Do people follow? No. Um, so, there's a mask law. So, everyone, thankfully, wears masks. Um, but we're operating at full capacity, there's no like a limited amount of people or anything like that. Um, so as far as I've seen, there haven't been like, there's been like, a couple of new cases here and there, but there haven't been many deaths. So I think that since everyone's following the mask law down here, things are pretty okay. Um, no, let me not say okay. Things are <laughs> fine for what is happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are restaurants at full capacity? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, the governor, like, lifted the the limit or whatever. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so most bars, like, still aren't doing it as, like, because they're smarter. Um, but some restaurants are just like, yeah, come on in, give us money. I think it's hard, too, because it's, like, if you're a business owner or a restaurant owner, that's got to be really scary. Yeah, I mean, you have to to make a living. Right. <laughs> but still, I mean... You have to live. (laughs) Like, you have to be alive. (laughs) You have to be alive to make a living, so. exactly. Oxymoron, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was in Asheville last weekend, and um, it was interesting, because there were, we went to a market, actually. They had this market, which was great, Um, but I was just surprised by the amount of people that were maskless. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they made plenty of announcements about the fact that, like, you should be wearing a mask and all this stuff. And I just think, I mean, their restaurants definitely 
I don't think we're operating at full capacity. And they had tons. The thing about Asheville is they really do have tons of outdoor stuff to do, which is awesome. Yeah. But um, it's just interesting because here I feel like so many people, like if Tyler and I go on a run and we're not wearing masks, even if we're not near each near people, everybody else is wearing a mask even outside for the most part. But I'm like, I don't know how people run in a mask. It's so hard. So, um, wait, I was going to say something about, what did you talk about right before that? Oh, the outside market. Um, okay, well, first one goes, oh, sorry. So for like the outside, like whatever, I've been to the gym and I've wore a mask and it's yeah, like, too. it's fine a little bit, but like once I start sweating and the mask gets sweaty, that's the worst part for me. But <laughs> by our house, there's like this bridge that goes like over the water or whatever. And it's like a, I want to say like all together, if you go back and forth, it's a five mile walk. Oh, nice. And it's, it's beautiful. I love going there. But no one wears a mask there. And like, people are always walking on it and stuff like that. And I brought a mask with me the first time. And I was like, okay, like when I get near someone, I'll just put it on. And then no one else was doing it. And I was like, am I going to look like a loser if I do it? And like, that's the anxiety that goes through my mind. Like, am I going to look weird if I put this mask on? Or is it going to be like insulting to that person if I put this mask on? So I don't go that often because I'm like, no you don't know what to do. yeah, no one else is wearing a mask. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And, but then I'm like, you know what? I just walk by them super quick. So everything is fine. <laughs> I know that's the weird thing is we have a gym in our building, but any, mm-hmm. you know, we live in an apartment complex. So anytime we go out of our door, even in the hallway, we have to wear a mask, which is fine. Like it's fine. But, um, we have to make appointments now for the gym there's only two people allowed in there at a time. And so um, if I'm the only person in there, I will take my mask off while I'm on the treadmill because I'm the only person in and then I'll open the door or whatever so that there's not like ger- my germs everywhere or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. I guess. But then when I'm running, it's like your mask gets sweaty and then you suck in like your sweaty mat. It's just like the worst possible user experience. Yeah. It's not fun. And again, like, you know, I get we're in a pandemic, so I can't be like, this sucks. Like, this is what's upsetting me, but like, (laughs) it's gross. (laughs) Well, and I feel like I need a larger supply of masks. That's one thing that I've realized because I'm just washing them like, so like every day. Yeah. And then, so I'll use it because I, you know, I I work. (laughs) And so where I work, most of the times I'm the only person there. Like I'm the only employee. So if there's no customers in the store, I'll usually just like, you know, kind of take it down a little bit so I can breathe and like relax a little. And like the bands like hurt my ears. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, let me give myself a little break. And then the second I hear the door, I'm like, oop, let me throw that back on real quick. (laughs) Well, they're not conducive to like earring wearing. I mean, all of this, all of this to say, we know masks are very important. Everyone wear your mask, keep yourself and other people safe. There's a lot of downsides. (laughs) feel like I need to come up with it's kind of like a bra like there's still after all this time so many downsides to wearing a bra yeah and it's like the second you know when you get home you take the bra off and it's like the most relaxing thing when I leave and get in my car and take the mask off I'm like oh so much better yes (laughs) quick story real quick about bras my friend one time my friend told me this story that she was driving in the car and she took a bra off because it was uncomfortable and she just threw out the window on accident like she wasn't do that she wasn't thinking, because you know when you take your bra off at home, you just throw it? Yeah. She did that, but just threw it out the window. Can you imagine? The I know. <laughs> and that is the funniest story to me. 
Oh my god, I know. Honestly, I feel like the only days that I wear a bra, hopefully people from work close your ears, but the only time that I wear a bra really is when I go into the office, because I mean, at home, there's just no point. Exactly, there is none, and like, normally, I just wear like a sports bra or something, because they're way more comfortable. No, but my dad always talks about this, he's like, whoever wants to invent smart female technology will make millions because he's like I don't know how they still haven't come up with a comfortable strapless bra if anybody listening knows of one send me and CJ your recommendations because we're struggling I will say the best ones I've found so far are the Savage Fenty ones Rihanna's brand oh really they're the best bras I have interesting I always see her stuff and I'm like oh it's really cute it's pretty pricey um I looked at the prices yeah, it's pretty pricey, but what I did, I guess I cheated the system a little bit, is if you sign up for the VIP thing, and then you can get the VIP sales, and you pay, like, so how it works is you pay, like, 50 bucks a month to stay a VIP, oh, and then, yeah. yeah, and then that 50 bucks just goes to, like, it's like a credit, so you can buy stuff with it, so I just did <laughs> a month of that, paid the credit, and, like, used that to buy stuff, and then the rest of the months, I clicked, like, skip this month until I wanted to buy stuff again, <laughs> And so it's like cheating the system, but the prices are like 60% less than what they really are. I feel like it's just hard to pay that much for something that most people are never going to see. Exactly. So I'm like, I bought, I got a couple good ones. They last for a very long time and I'll pay the $50 again in a couple of years when I want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> good job. Good job. Thank you. But yes, their bras are good ones. Yeah. Yeah. I need to... Uh, start thinking about that because at some point I'm going to go back to work and then I'm going to be really sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you're going to have to wear one. Yeah. Um, speaking of bras, well, on a different topic altogether, actually. Um, you obviously, we've talked about the fact that you're extremely amazing makeup artist. And when did that start? Because I feel like there was definitely a time that it started, like, it wasn't always this way. Yeah, so I worked at Ulta for five years. Okay. And when I first started working there, I hadn't come out yet or anything like that. So I wasn't wearing makeup at all. And then I was getting all this free makeup and like being around makeup all the time. So I was like, okay, I think maybe like I kind of want to start wearing something. So I just like did it in steps. So I'd wear like dust foundation, which is just not a good look at all because it's just like flat. And then I'd wear like foundation and concealer and then foundation and bronzer concealer like you know just kept adding something and so it just came from that and then I lived alone for a while and that's where I learned to really start doing like eyeshadow stuff because I would just sit in my house by myself so like I would watch YouTube videos and just do these things and then from there it just progressed and I think that now I'm at a pretty good place with the makeup and I think that really it just came from years and years of just trying out so many different things and like I think I went from wearing so much makeup to toning it down and I know that's not that's not great advice for everyone but like (laughs) I went full force I dove off the deep end and learned (laughs) to swim there and then when it came to the shallow end I knew what I was doing (laughs) (laughs) well do you feel like it's like I don't know I kind of feel like too with day-to-day makeup there's not as much artistry involved or maybe there is maybe that's wrong no, I don't think so either. So, like, day to day, I will do, like, you know, normal, like, well, not right now because of the masks, because I don't, there's no point. Um, yeah. 
but before it would just be like normal base and then like maybe one color on the lid and then I usually always wear eyelashes because mine are so short but like when I do stuff for like Instagram that's when it's like wild like this right here took me like maybe an hour and a half and like <laughs> because I was just like you know it's there's so much to do and I was just taking my time and everything like that but there's some looks on there that took me like three hours to do because I'm trying to make sure everything's like perfect and it's like like you said it's art so like I'm trying to make sure everything is perfect detailed and just like completely planned out yeah is that like more fun oh so much more fun yeah sometimes it's annoying because I'm like oh my god I've been sitting in this chair for three hours like <laughs> I haven't eaten dinner <laughs> like I'm just sitting here and so sometimes it's a little like frustrating especially when something's not turning out the way I had it in my head but I gave myself a goal I think last year I was like I will never leave a makeup look unfinished so if I'm trying something and it's frustrating me and it's not working I'm just gonna keep doing it finish the whole thing so if I like because I normally when I do like Instagram stuff I'll do my eyes first and mm -hmm. then everything else mm -hmm. so I'll just keep going with the steps put everything on do everything and sometimes the looks that I dislike while doing it at the end they turn out pretty good yeah. so I just told myself like stop giving up on things and just push yourself and do it and so it, I think it's always fun it's very therapeutic too yeah well I feel like that's good like life advice yeah <laughs> <laughs> on things halfway through yeah exactly <laughs> give it a try make sure you finish it until the end and then you know if it doesn't turn out the way that you wanted it to it's okay at least you yeah. did and there's so many times that it doesn't turn out at the end it looks like garbage and I'm like you know what I finished it though yeah. and I know what not to do next time exactly <laughs> so it works out <laughs> I feel like I just don't have the pa like I wish I had the patience honestly I want to be an artist I just Everything that I've tried, I'm like, oh, I wanted to do this so badly. And then I try it and I'm like, oh, I just don't have the patience for that. I'm way too impatient. Same. Painting is fun. Yeah. Painting is fun. Yeah. And I feel like there's no rules. So you just do whatever you want. It's true. Yeah, you could splatter a canvas and people would buy it. Oh my God. I know. It's wild. <laughs> so it's fine. I mean, really, no matter what you're doing, as long as it's like with authenticity, you're, you're good to go. But yeah, it's one of those things. I tried jewelry making for a while. That wasn't, that just, it's, I don't know how people do that. So that's a lot. That's a lot of work. Well, the soldering was what really got me because I just wasn't great at that. So, you know, and then you, like you said, you have this vision in your head of what you want it to look like. And when it doesn't come out like that, and you just spend eight hours working on something that didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to. Yeah. And especially when you have like, it only happens to me sometimes, but when you have like a complete clear vision of what you want and it's not kind of just like, like with this, I was like, I want these colors, yeah. but I didn't know how I wanted it. And so when I have that look where I'm like, I have a clear vision of what I want and it yeah. doesn't turn out exactly what was in my head. It's like the end of the world for me. <laughs> You're like, oh, I know I can do better. I know. I literally take it off, cry a little bit, get in bed. And I'm like, I'm done for the day. Like, screw this. <laughs> Someone bring me some chicken tenders. Exactly. It's the worst. <laughs> well, speaking of that, the makeup, we talked about this a little bit, like before when we were trying to figure out what exactly, what topics we wanted to touch on today. But um, one of the things that I think, well, I don't know, you can tell me, but makeup was a big part of the drag shows and the drag stuff that you were doing that kind of led to your transition, right? So yeah. Um, 
so, okay, well, so yeah, so I started doing all like, well, it's funny. Okay, let me start from the beginning. So okay, yeah. <laughs> in college, I had a roommate and he's great. We're still friends. Love him. Um, but we decided to like, it was a couple of us and we were just like, you know, bored and probably drinking because it's college. And we were like, he had like costume makeup. So I was like, <laughs> let's do our makeup like women and get on a Megal and see if we can <laughs> see if people actually believe it. So, <laughs> so then we did that. And then you get on what? Omegal. Do you know what that is? No, what is that? Oh my god. So it's like chat roulette. Do you know what that is? Oh, I do know what chat roulette is. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like no one should be on those things. But <laughs> <laughs> like what are you doing with your life? Exactly. We used to just get on there and just like mess around and like see if we could do our makeup well enough that we looked like women. Yeah. And <laughs> so then from there it turned into oh my god, I'm so sorry. Um it turned into like drag stuff because then we we're like, we're already doing the makeup, let's throw a wig on or whatever. <laughs> and it was just us in our dorm room, literally like playing music, just like dancing around. And then I kind of, I guess I kind of took it a little more seriously because I was like, this is fun. Like doing the makeup is fun. Getting into this whole like just outfit and hair and whatever is fun. And then, so I started taking it a little more seriously. I didn't do like tons of stuff. I did like a couple shows and I just loved doing all the makeup and everything. And then how PG should I stay? <laughs> It's up to you. I mean, okay. who's going to be listening? I mean, you know, it just depends on if your mom was listening. Oh, it's whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, once I lived by myself is when I would start kind of just like practicing makeup and wigs and whatever. And it got to the point where I was like, I'm enjoying being in this more than I am being out of it. Yeah. So I was like, I should probably kind of experiment with this a little more and see what I think. So I made a Tinder profile for me as a drag queen <laughs> <laughs> wait so you said on there that you were a drag queen yeah and so i think i guess i was pretty attractive because i got a lot of people um i would agree with that yeah <laughs> and so <laughs> there were times that i would hang out with um these people dressed <laughs> as like a drag queen or like a woman to me because right. i thought it was pretty pretty great so there are a lot of times where, you know, I'd hang out with these people and, like, whatever. And, and so then I was, like, I enjoy this too much. Like, this is, <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> so that's when I started experimenting, like, bring the femininity into everyday life. And the makeup, I guess, was the question. I guess started everything because I would do the makeup at work and then learn to do more of it and then just go from there. And so makeup was always my favorite thing, especially when I started transitioning. Mm -hmm. um, and because I just like, it made me feel feminine to do the makeup and have all that makeup on. And now I know that I don't need makeup to be a woman, <laughs> but yeah, that's what, it, that's what the makeup was for me. It was kind of like confirmation. And then I stopped yeah. doing drag as much because I, I guess, you know, the whole thing of a drag queen, the standard definition is a man dressed as a woman. Right. And I don't think I was comfortable enough as a woman yet to be seen as a man dressed as a woman and it's not always true there's tons of trans women there's tons of biological women that do drag but for me it was like this is just not my thing I'll be yeah. a watcher not a doer yeah <laughs> did you have like an alter ego or did you just go as yourself uh her name was Candy <laughs> <laughs> obviously exactly because my roommate 
the one that I used to like do our little things with, he just randomly said the name Angelique Justice. So then then I was like, okay, let's just be siblings. Like, let's be sisters and I'll be Candy Justice. So that way it was still CJ. (laughs) And so then we just would just do this all the time. And it was just like the dumbest thing, but we had so much fun with it. That's really fun. Yeah, it was great. Well, so let's talk about your actual physical and biological transition because that process started not that long ago. Uh, yeah, so I think, but yeah, I guess time has kind of flown by because it's in January, January will be four years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I've been on hormones. Um, I just started out with like estrogen and then testosterone blockers. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just took that for a while. And then about a year into it, we added progesterone, which to my knowledge is like the hormone that your body produces when you're on your period. Oh, okay. So that like super progressed like breast development fat redistribution stuff like that and then just recently like back in January I switched to estrogen shots instead Mm -hmm. of pills so every two weeks I give myself a shot um it's no fun like (laughs) I was gonna say I feel like that sounds awful it is so Nate had to do it for me for the longest time until I came down here and now I have to do it myself. And like the first time doing it myself was like the worst. Now yeah. I'm like kind of used to it, but there's sometimes, and I don't know if this is like a trigger warning or whatever, but there's sometimes that the needle's like touching my skin and I'm like, okay, it's definitely in. And then I look and it's like not even like, <laughs> and I'm like, darn, like I still have to keep pushing. <laughs> like, is it over? Is it over? <laughs> exactly. When Nate used to do it, I wouldn't watch. So I'd be like, are you almost done? And he's like, no, I just started. (laughs) Wait, so how did you know, like, what, I mean, how did you know what doctor to go to or how to start that process? I mean. So in, back in Winchester, Virginia, um, the only, the closest two people, because we just, I just looked up, like transgender doctors hormone replacement doctors and um the two closest was one in dc and then the one in baltimore that i started going to okay and we just i guess there was only like one doctor because we just called and we're like we need to make an appointment it was me and jade you met Mm -hmm. yeah um so it was just us and we were like hi we need to make appointments (laughs) and yeah so we just went to whoever and it was thankfully a really good fit like our doctor was amazing um and super sweet super nice always like remembered us it got to the point where like because our first time ever going her appointment jade's appointment was at like i want to say like 10 a.m and then my appointment was until like 3 p.m so we just like hung out in baltimore that day and then when we came back for my appointment they were like weren't you guys just here (laughs) and so it got to the point where the doctor started knowing us so well, like the whole staff started knowing us well. They were all the sweetest people ever. And to the point where they were like, just make your appointment at the exact same time and come in the room together. Like, <laughs> if don't care, we don't care. We'll just get you in and out faster, no matter what. And like, so yeah, we just go into the room and just sit there and like hang out, talk about life. And then she'd be like, is everything good? And we'd be like, yeah. And then she'd be like, all right, see you guys next month. Like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just awesome. So it just thankfully worked out perfectly, but also it was kind of like one of the only two options we had. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. I didn't want to drive to DC all the time. So I was like, we might as well drive to Baltimore. 
it's not much better. <laughs> it's way less trafficy. Like the people That's at true. DC is crazy. That's true. That's true. But what did that first like initial consultation, like what did she talk to you about? A very funny story as well. She, for Jade, gave like a whole like a mental health background check, a whole check. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like, say, like depression, anxiety, like uh, gender dysphoria, like everything, this whole thing. And then when I had my appointment, she was just like, so you want to start hormones? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she was like, what are your goals? And then I told her and she was like, okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> and so I told Jade, I was like, I never got like the whole background thing. And she was like, I had to take this whole test. <laughs> And so really, like, it was, it was definitely nerve wracking because I didn't know, like, any logistics. I didn't know, like, what pills to ask for, what dosages to ask for. I didn't know anything. So thankfully, she knew, because this is her job, so she knew, like, the best ways to start out slowly and everything like that, to, we had to get our blood taken and everything like that. But to me, it was just exciting. Like, I was excited to see what was going to happen and, like, how my body was going to change and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think I put this in my list of potential questions, so you can tell me if you feel comfortable with it or not, but do you want to do, like, a full surgery? So, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, I haven't had any surgeries in my whole life except for my little arm right here. Aww. Um, and that was just back in, like, June, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say, what happened? Uh, I have cubital tunnel, so it's like a nerve here affects, like, all this right here. Um, that's, that's, you're pointing to your whole hand. <laughs> yeah, these two fingers and then like all right here. Oh, okay. And so, then this whole side of my arm. So we have to illustrate this for folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's my pinky and my ring finger. And, and like then the whole, hand underneath that. Yeah. And then the whole like outside of my arm. Yeah. And so it like affects that and like gets really tense and like painful and everything like that. So I finally had surgery for it and mostly getting better but that's the only surgery I've ever had and so like surgery terrifies me I know and so when I think about it I'm like I don't know also surgery is kind of permanent so like I would have to make sure that no matter what I'm like a hundred percent into it mm-hmm. and I was just telling Nate this the other day but like I feel like my whole life I've always had like a dream body you know like tiny waist big hips big butt everything like that's perfect hourglass oh yeah like everybody Jessica Rabbit's my idol (laughs) (laughs) so I've always had this like dream but then like recently I've been thinking and like I guess I just kind of changed my whole outlook but I was like what am I changing my body for like so I can post pictures on Instagram without Facetune like it doesn't like I was like why am I wasting time wishing something that I could look like instead of just enjoying my life yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with Nate because I'm very happy and very in love and I want to just enjoy every moment. Oh my God, that's uh, so cute. Yeah. And so now I'm just kind of like, I don't know if I want any surgeries because what what's it going to matter when I die? Mm-hmm. Like these surgeries aren't going to mean anything. Mm-hmm. So I, the only things I really like care about that I'm like, quote unquote, insecure. It's like, my, I feel like my forehead's kind of big. <laughs> so I'd <Girl>. love that. <laughs> It's the dumbest thing. I'd want that like brought down and rounded out. Oh my God. <laughs> It's so stupid. Every oh, person God. I tell, they're like, what? <laughs> yeah, so, what are you even talking about? <laughs> I, know. I feel like I want like a breast lift. 
Yeah, same. I mean, like... I, I, I would never have to wear a bra. That's true. I have thought about that. I'm like, man. It's, uh, it sounds like the dream. Yeah, it really does. And, like, right now, I feel like I'm good because, you know, I'm young and I don't have kids or anything. But, like, one day, that could be a scary situation. It's all going south. It's all going south. And, like... Everybody pulls everything down. Yeah. And, like, I think it's in my genes because my breasts have grown a lot. Mm. And so I think it's in my genes just to have these <laughs> big breasts. I mean, <laughs> my mom. So, <laughs> so like, now I'm just, like, if they keep growing, I'm worried what they're going to, like, end up looking like. <laughs> so I just feel like if I get a breast lift, I'm just fighting gravity, and I will be very happy in the long run. I just, like, had a mental picture of you literally being, like, like <laughs> falling over. Not what it's like, by the way, at all, but it just <laughs> popped into my head. I just think, it, you know, it'd be nice to just stop while I'm ahead and just yeah. get it and never have to worry about it again. <laughs> I also feel like I have, like, an irrational fear of if I ever got breast implants, which I don't have, but if I did, of them popping. Yeah, it's like... That happens to people. Yeah, and th- so there's this, uh, there's this, like, what you'd call her I guess like a tv personality um Michelle Visage is her name she's like a guest on RuPaul's Drag or host on RuPaul's Drag Race and everything but she had breast implants for the longest time and then I don't know I can't remember what it's called but there's like some health condition that happens with people with breast implants like very rarely but she had to get it and she had to get them removed and so I'm like that scares me <laughs> because what if I'm the one in the million that gets these things? Yeah. And so I'm just like, I'm not, I don't need to put anything in my body. Yeah. Like, ex- I mean, except for like ink and piercings, but like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to put anything medically into my body. Yeah. That one day might betray me. I know. That's exactly, I've watched a lot of botched. Oh. And like, you just, they show way too much. I mean, that's my issue with that show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always like, Tyler, what's happening? What's happening? Yes, I don't need to see eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, if you could open your eyes, you would see what's happening, but. Yes. Yeah. So that's my irrational fear, but luckily, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I get, I I completely understand. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I think surgery is just a scary thing in general because there's so many different complications and. Yeah, like you said, I mean, you could have these weird conditions that you don't even know about, and then, you know, it impacts the result of it. Yeah, what if you go to the wrong doctor? You know what I mean? Like, there's so much risk factor to it that I guess also goes with my new little mindset, but, like, why am I going to put myself in that risk when I can just learn to be happy with the body that I have? Yeah. Obviously, not everyone thinks that way. (laughs) Yeah, but I think there's another important, you're just full of life wisdom today. Uh, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, because I think we all kind of, like, I, it's so funny because, so Tyler and I decided this past weekend, of course, it obviously started with us drinking and betting each other that we wouldn't be able to do it. And he's actually fully becoming vegetarian right now. Oh, nice. Like, he's not eating meat. And he has since Sunday at, you know, 11.59. Um, so it's only been four days. Um, yeah. progress. <laughs> um, so three days, whatever. So anyways, um, he 
has decided that he's going to do, you know, this whole vegetarian thing for maybe a month. And um, the holidays will obviously be the exception to that. But still, I mean, it's one of those things that we kind of were like, well, I don't know, it might be good. We haven't really, you always have this ideal of what you want to look like or what your workout goals are or what you, you know, just ultimately like your ideal, what you would want to look like. And for some people it's attainable and realistic. And for other people, it's not. Yeah, mine is nowhere obtainable. Yeah. <laughs> like, like mine, my dream body is like not real. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what I was telling Nate too. I was like, cause exactly what like you said, why, like I had an ideal shape, but even if I did lose weight, like as much weight as like my goal was to lose, I can't guarantee my body would look that way. Right. So I told Nate, I was like, instead of having a dream shape, I just want to be healthy. Yeah. So like, I just want to, you know, work out, take care of my body, eat better, drink water, everything like that. And just be healthy instead of having to be a certain body shape. Yeah. And I think too, there's something to be said for that because listen, everyone says this, it's not anything new, total cliche, but life is too short and I like to eat. And also it's just one of those things that I don't want to deprive myself of the things in life that I enjoy. I mean, listen, I don't have to eat, you know, five bags of Cheetos, <laughs> the little expensive, but you know, you can have, you know, pizza or you can have, you know, these things that you want or enjoy having as long as you don't go overboard. But I also think that like depriving yourself of that, it's just hard with dieting and things like that because it just is never a long-term solution. Like you're always going to go back to those things because those are the things that you like. Mm-hmm. Well, and kind of exactly what you said. So like, you don't have to eat the five bags of Cheetos. You can if you want to. Yeah. But you could also just have a couple yeah. <laughs> and satisfy <laughs> your craving. Yeah. And my thing came a lot from, so TikTok obviously is a very big thing right now. Yeah. There's a lot of um, like fitness trainers or like dietitians or nutritions, whatever on there, kind of like giving advice or debunking all this stuff you see. So like literally everything is just like, it's made up. Diet culture is made up. Like it's not real. (laughs) And then I saw something too, that was like, the quote was, if we all did the same workouts and ate the exact same food, we'd still all have very different bodies. So true. And I was like, that is kind of what got me into this whole mindset because I was like, it's true. And like, I, like I said, I can't guarantee my body's going to look like, so I'm just going to learn to be happy with the one I have. And if I end up still wanting to change things in a few years, I'll do that. But I just, yeah, and life is too short. So why am I going to waste my whole life trying to look a certain way? when I could just be enjoying the life that I have. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that, yeah. But that quote is really what got me to be like, I do love myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think too, cause I follow a bunch of personal trainers same on, on Instagram and things like that. And there is so much misinformation out there about dieting and healthy eating and working out and all of these things. And for me, the biggest thing, like a couple of years ago, um, I developed like a hernia. So I couldn't really like lift heavy weights. They were telling me not to work out. And it kind of put me in this weird place where I felt like I couldn't. Otherwise, I was going to make things worse unless I had surgery, which also I didn't want to do. Yeah. So ultimately, like I kind of, it's kind of 
I stopped working out. Like I just, I didn't go to the gym and I'm somebody that always my whole life has worked out. I work out five days a week, always have like always probably will. There are exceptions to that. Way more dedicated than I am. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, honestly, it's one of those things where it's, I'm not really that dedicated, but I feel like if I, it's like a mental thing almost. Yeah. If I don't do it, I feel mentally don't feel great. But, um, but I mean, I've been really bad about it, especially the last couple of years. And Tyler's such a good cook that, <laughs> that it's so hard because I eat so much more now than I used to. Um, but it's one of those things too, where I follow a lot of these, like where I was going with that is I follow people on Instagram who are talking about all these things. And this one girl that I follow, she's a mom of a couple kids and um, she does, she's a personal trainer and she posts all these videos on Instagram. And I guess somebody, one of her followers or just somebody that watches her videos or follows her on Instagram or whatever, reached out and was like, why, if you're a personal trainer in your videos, do I still see like fat rolls and things like that? And she posted, she didn't post the conversation, but she basically posted on her Instagram and said, you know, I had somebody reach out to me. This is what they said. And I just wanted to address it because I think it's important. And she was like, listen, I'm not depriving myself or my body of the things that I like want or need in life. I'm not saying that that is the way that everybody feels, but for me, it's more important for me to, you know, eat the pizza if I want to, or get the couple extra hours of sleep or, you know, have the time to hang out with my kids versus constantly being in this like hamster wheel of like, just being obsessed with working out. Like, yes, I do it because it makes me feel good. And I'm a personal trainer because I like that impact on people. And I love being able to make an impact in other people's lives and, and my own too. But ultimately, you know, everybody has the limit of like what is important to them and you have to balance all of those things. So like if you're constantly working out, there's going to be other things that you're giving up in your life, you know, like your family, for example, or relationships or friendships or missing out on, you know, cause that's the thing that it was for me. I was commuting so far from DC to Columbia every day for work. Yeah. Oh my God eight o'clock at night, you know, and then I was going to the gym. And so when friends would ask me to go to happy hour or whatever, I always felt like I had to choose. Whereas if you're kind of living your life with a little bit more balance, it's like, okay, I can go to happy hour this night and it's fine. The next day I'll go to the gym. Well, that, that word that you said balance, that's the perfect thing. And that's what I realized too. So like, I don't work out every day, but like, I do like, there's some days that I do work out and So my thing is, if I eat better than I am already, like I, I'm not eating great. If I eat better than I have been eating, um, just making these little changes. So I only drink water. Yeah. But if I'm craving a soda, I'm going to drink the soda. Yeah. Because my body wants it. So right. why am I going to deprive my body of what I want? Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I'll tell myself like, okay, like if I have this soda today, it's the only one I'm having and I'll only continue to drink water. Or if I eat kind of bad one day, I'll be like, okay, tomorrow I will balance it out by going to work out. Yep. So I don't force myself to do anything that I don't want to do because it's just like, it's going to make you hate it. Right. Like before I was forcing myself to go work out and I hated it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in this point where I do kind of feel like it's fun. Like going on those walks like I was talking about, it's fun to do that. And I, I, you know, I think maybe living in a new place is kind of a feeling that because I don't have tons of friends down here. So it's not like I have tons of stuff to do. Right. Uh, so it's like working out has given me a chance to get out of the house. <laughs> um, but yeah, just keeping everything balanced and also just learning to be okay with 
not looking like whatever you see on the internet. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the important part is it never has been about anybody else. It's always been about you mm-hmm. and how you feel and what you want to feel like. Um, so, you know, because ultimately it's like, you know, Nate's going to love you for who you are. Tyler's going to love me for mm-hmm. who I am, you know? So it's not about how you, how, how they perceive you because ultimately I don't know that it matters, but it's really about how you perceive yourself. So I think having that mentality of accepting yourself for who you are is so important and it's a work in progress, you know? Yeah. And there's now that I'm thinking about this other quote too, there's this other quote from this drag queen that literally was like, if I'm not attractive, I'm the only person that doesn't, that doesn't affect. Like I don't have to, find myself attractive you know what I mean like I don't have to sit here and be like I'm so hot (laughs) one day if I feel that way one day it's great yeah but me being whatever gross one day attractive the next day it does not affect me at all like (laughs) I'm the only person that doesn't have to worry about that like so (laughs) and that's one thing too I thought too like you said about Nate like I have a boyfriend that loves me I have friends that love me and I have family that loves me. So why am I going to sit here and hate myself so much? It just makes no sense anymore. Right. (laughs) Well, and we're lucky to have that. Yes. Very lucky. Very privileged to have that. Yeah. Because I think that's the hardest part for so many people when you don't have, you know, it's true about having family and friends that love and care about you. You're able to kind of see that in yourself. I think I've learned a lot about that in my relationship in terms of, there are things that I know, well, I mean, you have flaws that you know as a human yeah. being fundamentally are your flaws. Yeah. You know that there are things about you that are not perfect. There are things about you that irritate yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when you see that coming out and you project it on somebody else, you kind of automatically expect for it to like really irritate them or annoy them too. But the reality is, is that when you love someone and they love you back, I think that it's kind of reflected in you too in terms of being able to accept your flaws, being able to accept things that like you never really accepted maybe fully about yourself. Yeah. And that's what I, Nate has definitely taught me that a lot. And like, of course, I'm not going to say I depend on him to make me feel attractive. Right. Um, but he's taught me a lot that like, even on my worst days, he still finds me beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if someone else finds me beautiful, why can't I find myself beautiful? Yeah. And like, I went to therapy too. So I always like, you know, I advocate for therapy <laughs> because it's a great thing. Yeah. But that's where I learned a lot too. Like therapy. And then again, having a great boyfriend that's like taught me so much. It's just like, I, why am I wasting all this time hating myself when mm-hmm. I could just be having fun? Like instead of sitting in my room, looking at the mirror being like, why do I look like this? Why not just go downstairs and hang out with my roommates? Like, right. <laughs> it's a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I, it is. And I think it's super important to make that point because um, therapy is something that I just think it's nice to have uh, some an impartial person yes. in your life. What did you go? Say that one more time. What prompted you to go to therapy? I was having a lot of like... I mean, I feel like I've always needed to go. I've always dealt with depression and anxiety. Um, and I just felt like over the years, it was just getting slowly worse and worse. Yeah. And I think just like, you know, adding everything else in there. Like, so adding, like coming out, adding, dealing with dating and as a woman, adding, dealing with 
adult jobs, like things like that just kind of got worse and worse. And so I was finally like, I have to go. Like, this isn't like a, I need to, or, or like, this isn't like a, I want to, or I want not to. It's like, I have to. Mm-hmm. And so I finally just like looked up just like therapists in my area that deal with this, this, this. And I went and just called her and I was like, I think I need to come to you. <laughs> and we did. And like in the first session, she completely validated that, yeah, I do deal with depression and anxiety. She added in there that I didn't even know about that PTSD was a thing in my life. Mm-hmm. So like going to therapy taught me a lot about the things that I was already dealing with, but how to deal with more things in the future. Yeah. So I, it was I, the best decision of my life. You said what? It was the best decision of my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Well, going back to that too, how is dating as a transgender woman different or is it different? Oh, it's so different. I mean, like, <laughs> I can't say what it is like dating as like a, a cis woman, but like dating yeah. as a male, it was very, um, the hookup culture was very real as yeah. a gay man. Um, I feel like that's very prominent in the the gay world is just hookups. Um, so honestly, I don't think I, I wouldn't say I ever had a real boyfriend. But now speaking of that, do you remember that boy from the Poconos? Oh my god, I'm trying to think. But like, it was back when we were at the the condo place, and we were like walking around, and this boy like called us over to the little park thing and like asked for my number. And then I stuck out later that night looking up with him. I didn't remember remember that. Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) I think about that often sometimes. But, (laughs) because we like, quote unquote, were in a relationship when I was in like ninth grade. Oh, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So I honestly, to this day, I will say I never had a real boyfriend except now for Nate. But... Because dating as a gay man was just, like, garbage. It was no one wanted to be, like, a serious thing. Um, also, I wasn't comfortable with myself. So it was, like, I don't think I was ready to be in a relationship. But then as coming out and dating that way, um, of course, it's a lot of online dating because that's how you meet people nowadays. But um, a lot of it had to do with, like, weeding out the chasers is what they're called. It's, like, people that, like, seek out trans women because they want that experience or they want that that whatever like they want to just experiment with it and move on (laughs) very like fetishized kind of thing yeah and so a lot of it was weeding out that and I was I'm very privileged to like pass in the world as a woman um and so I haven't had like terrible luck I mean I've gone on a lot of dates <laughs> and but I, but I love dating I told that really so, yeah I love it I love getting ready I love going on a date I love meeting new people even if I never see them again it's still <laughs> <laughs> so like like I went on a date one time with this Australian that was just in like Winchester Virginia for like two weeks and I was like oh. I will never see you again I will never speak to you again but let's go on a date this is fun <laughs> and so I think dating for me I was also never like well, I think I, I was definitely trying to, like, validate myself through mm-hmm. a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was always, like, it was never good because I was putting too much pressure on our relationship. And then after therapy, well, after going to therapy, um, 
I was like, pretty much the same thing. Why am I wasting my time forcing something? Like, yeah. Naturally. And then a little bit after that, I met Nate. <laughs> and <laughs> so like, I think dating as a trans woman was just, it is very scary because you don't know who is either going to be violent to you or be um, fetishizing you or like actually care about you. That's scary, yeah. Yeah, so and you hear these stories all the time of like men attacking trans women because they quote unquote were tricked or whatever. So it's like very scary. So for a long time, I was very open and like on the dating sites that I was like, I am a trans woman. If you're not into that, like, don't talk to me. Yeah. And then for a while, I was like hiding it because not that I was like ashamed or anything, but I was like, these random people on the street don't need to know my business. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wasn't putting it on there. But then it was like, you know, I'll put it back on there just because I don't want to have to deal with the conversation of coming out to these random people. <laughs> yeah. So it was like back and forth a lot, but it was definitely very much just like exhausting. But I think I was also making it exhausting for myself because I would talk, I would talk to like seven men at once. <laughs> oh my God. It was, it was ridiculous, but I was having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love dating. Insane. I hate it. I've always hated it. I love it. It's like one of my favorite things. You don't get like anxiety about going. Yeah. What? I love it. It's so fun to me. And, you know, I usually always go to, like, a public place or, like, a restaurant or whatever. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So, to me, that's free food. (laughs) Opportunity to look cute and (laughs) potentially have good conversations with someone. That's true. Not all men are interesting, so I can't say that I have good conversations with all of them. but. (laughs) But, you know, it's just, it's fun. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I need to channel some of that then. Not that I'm going on regular dates at all. But yeah. Even when we go on like normal dates now, it's like getting out of the house sometimes, I'm like, man, I just would rather stay here. Yeah, I feel like when you add the word date in there, add some sort of like pressure. Yeah. Like even when Nate and I, I mean, we're dating. And even sometimes when I'm like, should we go on a date? Like we went out to like a lunch date. But even adding just the word date kind of gave it like this, for me at least, like this just aura of like, this is a little more serious than just us going out to lunch somehow. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're calling it a date. <laughs> yeah, it's just so fun for me. I love all of it. That's so funny. I love everything about it. <laughs> well, what, what, we've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes. I know, I just looked at the clock and I was like, oh my God, I'm talking too much. <laughs> um, what advice do you have for transgender women in any part of the process or um yeah I guess for any any transgender woman in any part of the process whether you haven't come out yet or you know whatever it is I think the two main things that I could think of were stay safe like in every aspect of everything like I carry pepper spray with me because I'm like you never know people are crazy but like even staying safe and like if you don't like if you don't feel comfortable coming out to a certain person don't it's not their business and even like not everyone is safe to come out in their home life so like yes come out and be your true self and everything like that but make sure that you have a safety net when you do that Mm -hmm. in all aspects just stay safe because people are crazy um but the other one that 
I thought of was just like not comparing yourself to anyone else's transition. Yeah. Because like a lot of times I would be like, they've been transitioning the same time as me, like the same length as me. I don't know. However long as me. <laughs> <laughs> but they look different than I do. Like they look, I feel like they look better. So I'm comparing myself to all these people, but like everyone's transition is different, just like everyone's body is different. Everyone takes to medication different and everything like that. So I was comparing myself so much. And that's what I think led to a lot of my like uh, self-confidence issues. Mm -hmm. And so now I just don't really compare myself because again, a lot of people, especially on social media, a lot of it's just fake. Mm -hmm. Like no matter what, a lot of it's just not exactly what this person's life is or exactly what they look like or whatever. So yeah, just really don't compare yourself to anyone, but that goes for every woman. You know what I mean? Don't compare yourself to any other woman because you don't need to. You're, you're, you're completely a whole separate person than everyone else so true and like this word this is there's this word or like phrase I guess that I'm not a big fan of which is called like fully transition and it's like so many people feel different about their transition that fully transition is different to everyone yeah like some people some trans women can feel fully transitioned just by coming out not even being on hormones just coming out and saying that they're a woman and so really just not comparing your transition or your journey to anyone else. Yeah. No, I think that's great because, um, I don't know, everyone's, everyone is unique individuals. I mean, we've talked about that through, through whether it's, you know, talking about coming out and owning your identity, whether it's just talking about day to day, whether it's talking about your economic situation or you know, whatever it is. I mean, it's so applicable to so many people, but I do think that especially with LGBTQ and and I think specifically transgender too. I mean, over the last couple of years, um, I think that people have at, at the very least become more aware. Mm-hmm. Fully the awareness leads to more acceptance and more, I don't know, you know, just not judging people based yeah. on their circumstances or. It's the whole like fear of the unknown thing. So mm-hmm. like, there's this amazing documentary called Disclosure on Netflix. I don't know if you've watched it, but it's like probably one of the most educational documentaries I've watched because I don't watch that many, but it's like all about like trans representation in the media and like trans representation throughout like history, like dating all the way back, like years and years and years ago. I I haven't watched it. You did or you haven't? No, I haven't. I want to. It is so good. It's like, I think Laverne Cox is one of the producers for it. Okay. Um, but it's like, I think everyone should watch that. Like I told my dad he should watch it and he did. And he was like, that was amazing. Like, (laughs) it's so good. And so like education like that, and just having more representation in any sense in media and news in like everything is the way to do it. Because I feel like a lot of people, once marriage equality became a thing, they were kind of like, all right, the fight's done. Like, you guys don't need anything else. <laughs> and it was like, no, there's a whole new thing, or not new, there's a whole thing that you guys are not even talking about. <laughs> yeah. And so I think after marriage equality, it was kind of like, okay, that's great. Now on to the next step. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, it definitely a lot more representation is happening, which is great, but we need to make sure that it's also good representation. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> but, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, I love you so much. I love you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me 
today and talking thank to peop- anyone who's listening. But yeah, thank you for having me. Not that many people, but one day it could be. You never know. We'll, we'll get it up there. Don't worry. We'll get it up there. <laughs> um, do you want to share your social handles? Uh, it's Osiege on everything. O-H-H-C-E-E-J on okay. literally every social media platform there is. Okay, perfect. So you can follow CJ and all of her amazing makeup tutorials and makeup uh, looks because they're phenomenal. And I have major makeup envy because you should see what I look like on a day-to-day basis. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's me now with quarantine, with all the masks. I, it doesn't even, nothing. It doesn't even matter. Exactly. <laughs> um, but anyways, I love you. And thank you so much for taking the time. And I will talk to you soon. Yeah, I love you. I'll probably text you right after we hang up, so. Sounds great. Love it. Okay, cool. Talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you so, so much again for listening. For more about me, Ellie Rowe, and my business, Ellie Jane Collective, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Ellie Jane Collective or online at elliejanecollective.com. And now here's the part where I ask you to please share this podcast with others. If you haven't done so already, please leave us a rating or a review on whichever platform it is that you're listening. And please reach out if there are women you'd like to hear from, innovators doing amazing things in the community, friends of yours, family members, anybody out there that you think would be a good fit for this podcast. We want to know about it. And in the meantime, please continue living your life with intention and cultivating your life consciously. And happy holidays, guys. I know that this year's holiday season looks a little bit different than it has in years past. And so if you're missing family members or wishing that you were with family members, I really hope that you still have time to rest, relax, and reflect on the year behind us and also the year ahead.